Ladies, gentlemen, degenerates, welcome back to another episode of Triple B Adventures. We have our host, producer, amazing man behind the microphone, marketing person extraordinaire, Nate the Great Sherman. Whoa, he almost got it right. Woo! Uh, you still like the Landshark <laughs> Sherman part? Nate the Great Landshark Sherman? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll keep it in late. I, I try to flourish it a little bit every time. All right. Uh, folks, All we right. have myself, Juan Ortiz. Um, I don't like the Don, but you know, Juan the Don Ortiz works out, right? Don. And our guest the for tonight, Don. a fellow devil dog, we have Santi in the house. Santi, how you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? Pretty good. Thank you for being on board, and thank uh, you thank for, for making the drive out Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Took some time out of my long, busy, arduous schedule being a college student now, so. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing in college? What are you studying for? I'm just gen ed because I'm like somebody else who's taking English 101 because I hate that class. Aww. But it's okay because the GI Bill money's pretty decent so it, it pays a living it pays a yeah, living you know it, it does the bill sip sip right right <laughs> oh yeah so so cheers cheers, cheers, to, cheers uh, to another episode some libations hey cheers to the listeners that are still with us and making it for another episode i appreciate them you guys are awesome oh yeah so where are you going to school man uh so right now i'm at city college down in san diego all right it's not bad is, isn't that your alma mater uh, no, so I, I took City College for uh, some astronomy courses because uh, I lived in North Park, uh, so it was like a bike ride away. Yeah, like right there. Uh, but no, Mesa, Mesa College, Olympian at heart. Go but those Mesa. are all like a part of the same like community yeah. college district. It's you got like Miramar, yeah, Mesa, and then City College. So there's some like, some people they go to like Mesa and City College because there's like multiple classes that they yeah, can take at yeah. both. Originally, and in high school, I, I <laughs> this is another long story. So Cleveland, Cleveland public schools are actually terrible and... Unfortunately, like my mom, she had a staph infection, like it almost like murdered her when I was a kid. So I had like Damn. god relatives. Yeah, it was she had MRSA like in her knee. It was crazy. Um, so eventually, like when she got better, I had like these people that like were taking care of like, me, like my god family and stuff. I call them like my white family, but <laughs> they're honestly like super dope. I love them. And um, eventually, for high school, they moved me out to the suburbs of Lakewood, where I went to Lakewood High School. And yeah, you know, I hated it. Just like I hate school now, but it was cool. You know, they had a rugby team, so I got to got to play rugby. Nice growing up. Yeah. So, so what brought you from Ohio to here then? Um, so in high school, like I decided that I'm uh, too stupid to go to college, and I wasn't getting any scholarships. And I talked to a Marine Corps recruiter one day. Well, actually, I talked to an Army recruiter first, believe it or not. And um, what brought me to talking to the Marine Corps recruiter is the Army recruiter. I swear to God. He tried explaining to me that the Marine Corps did not have an air wing, like, at all. Like, he's but like, the Army did? He's like, yeah, but the Army does, man. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, man. And I was like, they don't have helicopters, AC-130s, nothing. He's like, nah, man, they don't have any of that. It's us in the Air Force. I was like, all right, dude. So the Marine Corps recruiter came out to me, and she's like, you've been talking to the Army guy? I was like, yeah, he said the Marine Corps doesn't have an air, air, or an air wing. And she was like, what? What did you say? And she got mad as hell and, like, was like, bitching at him and um yeah no i liked her she was she was really cool staff sergeant bell um so yeah i, I joined the marine corps and now that's how i'm in california now because i was like well i lived in ohio and nobody wants to live in ohio so i might yeah. as well stay here so right on right on and yeah. what did you when you signed up did you have like a an mos or a field that you wanted you mentioned aviation so was that kind of like the realm that you wanted to get so into? so or? originally i wanted to be like i wanted to do like translating like linguistics and whatnot mm-hmm. 
and they t- they had told me this is this is the part where I get bamboozled by the way. So they they had told me, okay, we don't have any more like linguistic contracts available. Like, what else do you want to do? I was like, all right, well, sign me up for the infantry. And they were like, we don't have any of that either. It's like, really, what? no infantry contracts, really? All right. So they're like, tell you what we can do. We got this shit. It's called combat logistics. We got a deal for you. Yeah, right. It's like, come on down. And they're like, we got this shit called combat logistics. And I'm like, well, what's that, staff sergeant? She's all like, it's like infantry and intel at the same time. So fast forward to my Marine Corps career, it's not that at all. I did a lot of warehousing and counting bullets because I ended up becoming an ammo tech. And uh, it was it was crazy, too, because it ended up saying, like, explosive ordnance, like, uh-huh. disposal, like, slash ammunition waste, like, management. And it's not as cool as it sounds at all because <laughs> yeah. you, like, barely get to blow anything up. It's, like, a lot of Aww. paperwork. And I was like, ah. Oh. This. If anything, I can imagine that's the kind of MOS that like gives the ammo to the range and they're like, "Hey, we can't shoot this all off, but give this to your guys to shoot it all off." It's like, "Hey, we definitely shot off all the rounds. Like, don't mind this box of ammo I'm taking back because I have an AR-15 too." Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm not saying I did that because I worked at the ASP the whole time, but I'm just saying, like, he's <laughs> yeah, just saying, he's doing paperwork, you know. Let's let's bring it back just a little bit. You talked about being in um, in rugby and being in Ohio. So what else did you do in Ohio? Like, did you play any other sports? Did you get outside? Did you were you involved with uh, just anything else outdoorsy? Yeah. So um, I went camping a lot as a kid. Like ever nice. since I was like really young. My mom she she grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan in Escanaba, which pretty oh, much cool. throw a rock here in Canada. So. We, we would go camping a lot to, like, Wisconsin and, like, the Dells in Michigan and whatnot. So. Dude, Wisconsin. Yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Like, so, I have family in uh, Baraboo, too, so. So you know where I'm from, then. Wisconsin? Yeah. Well, I wonder what I gave worked, that one away. I worked at uh, Wisconsin Dells. I worked Did at Noah's work? Ark Water My Park. My sister worked at Noah's Ark Water Park and would get us freaking, like, summer passes every year. I used to go there all the time when I was a kid. When when did she work there? Oh my know? god. Okay, her name's I don't even her name's Emily Rakovic. I don't remember what I know her. Do you? Yeah. That's my sister. White that's white chick with like she used to have dreadlocks. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's my half sister. When, when was she there? Oh my god, forever ago. I was like a kid, like mid two thousands, I wanna say. Yeah. Like two thousand eight kind of I know of. her, she knows me. I yeah. oh my god, I that's, she knows that's really crazy. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, Small I was hanging world. out with her, like, the other day. We were at uh, this one bar. But, uh, yeah, so I would She's go. She's here? Yeah, she lives in freaking San Diego, man. She used to live over in La Mesa, actually. Like, okay. I went to go see a Tool concert with her a couple years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah you gotta I love this connection right here. This is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really funny. See, this is why we, we go back. <laughs> we go back. Talk about your childhood. Yeah, right? Okay, so, you know, I would go camping and stuff, like, as a little kid. I mean, I, I kind scouts, of. Scouts, Cub Scouts? Uh, no, none of that. Um, so, I, I was more into, like, video games as a kid. Uh, just because, like, my mom kind of, like, wanted to shelter me. Because I grew up in, like, kind of a shit neighborhood, I guess, like, growing up, like, near West Side and Cleveland. It's not as bad anymore, like, definitely, like, back in the day. But so she'd be like, all right, like, don't go out doing any hood rat bullshit. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I've got video games. I can play video games. And then I had a cat, too, so that was cool. And, like, my house kind of got what'd robbed. You, what'd you do to the cat? What did I do to the cat? <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of things. He likes peanut butter. <laughs> But, um, no, I mean, I don't know. I was kind of, like, antisocial, I guess, growing up. Like, my house got robbed. I just felt like, I don't know, like, shitty shit was, like, happening to me, like, forever. Like, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, too, but, like, my mom had MRSA, like, eventually. Yeah, like, so yeah. it was, like, my house got robbed when I was a kid, third grade. Like, a week later, my mom's got this giant cyst on her knee. She's got MRSA. She's like, I need to go to the hospital, I think. I'm like, yeah, I think you do. 
And so after that, like I was saying with my God relatives and like they, they, they're a lot more of a generic, like wholesome family. That's like not dysfunctional at all. Like you imagine like a model family. That's these guys. So that's why I want to see like, okay, what crazy secrets do they have? I guess. But <laughs> so they would do more stuff. Like the, my little brothers, they were into like sports and stuff. Like they'd play like baseball and like football and all that crap. It's like me. I didn't really do all that. It was like a little fat kid growing up, just like <laughs> Twinkies and playing video games. But you got involved eventually with, with yeah. Helping. So when I when I got to high school, finally, I was like, all right, I don't like being a loser. Well, I don't like being as much of a loser as I am. Like I can still kind of be a loser, I guess. And I just made like better friends. Like my one friend Luke, and he was in the Marine Corps too. He got out a little while before I did, and he got me into weightlifting. So then I did like powerlifting for a while while I played rugby, and that's like what kind of like helped me get into shape. And then when he ended up like going to the depth and joining the Marine Corps, I was like, I want to be like this dude. So I joined the up too eventually when i was able to so right definitely on. help like playing rugby and stuff because the conditioning like that shit's ridiculous like i've seen people get teeth like knocked out of their face like teeth get like lodged into people's skulls and stuff <laughs> people get stitches like in the middle of the field it's like all right put me back in coach like all right you signed a waiver like, so that's your judge of physical fitness is if they can get their teeth knocked out and yeah be okay it's still go <laughs> right that's wild but um yeah so like I, I did that for i played rugby for three years made to like varsity my team was awful. Like, we sucked super hard. Like, we, like, hardly won ever. But um, it was super fun. And, like, you met a lot of cool people. And, like, I still lift weights nowadays. And, yeah, then finally it was time for me to ship off to boot camp. And then I went to Paris Island. All right. Yeah. Have you been Hell, back yeah, to the Dells through. since then? I have not. So, funny story about that. I actually have to go. Like, when my mom dies, she told me, like, and she's nuts. She she already, like, paid for her own cremation and stuff because she's a lunatic. I don't can't think of anybody that wants to do that. But she's like... When I'm dead, you got to spread my ashes all over, like, the sand dunes by the Dells. I was like, all right, that's a drive, but all right, I can do that. <laughs> I'll do it for you. We got planes now. It's yeah, fine. right? Just imagine, like, have this little jar. It's like, all right, don't spill our ashes anywhere besides the Dells. <laughs> so, yeah. That's how those sand dunes were created, actually. Oh, yeah, from, like, pr- yeah. ashes of, like, Wisconsin and Michiganite <laughs> past, right? Right. Wow. Yeah. So when you when you were in the Marine Corps, uh, you mentioned that you you kind of started out as one thing, but then you ended up as an ammo tech. Yeah. So um, I kind of like went in like kind of not expecting like anything. Like I was like, all right, combat logistics, grunt and intel at the same time. And then I didn't know what my MOS was until after I finished MCT. So I knew I wasn't in the infantry when I went to MCT. Obviously, I was right. like, all right, I should be at ITB, but whatever. This is easier. Not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then, yeah, when they finally were, like, handing all the stuff out, like, all the people's orders and stuff, like, I was, like, one of the last people to get them. It was, like, something, like, happened. And I was, like, all right, where's my orders? They're, like, all right, you're going to Fort Lee. I'm, like, what's over there? And they're, like, you're going to ammo school. I'm, like, that sounds awesome. They're, like, you better, like, stop thinking that because it's going to suck. <laughs> you better stop thinking that. And honestly, like, I don't, I don't regret it at all. Like, I'm super happy that I got to, like, be an ammo tech and I was an ammo company, like, for my whole enlistment. Like, all the people I met, like, some of the best friends I've ever made in, like, my entire life. Like, I still talk to them today. Like, they're all ammo techs. My buddy would, God bless his soul, going back to Virginia for not wanting to stay in California with me. My buddy Danny is going to Syria pretty soon. And then my friend Michaela, too. She's over in Virginia and Quantico now. It's like all these people I met, and I was like, hey, did you guys choose to be an ammo tech? And then they were all like, no, how would you get screwed into this? And I was all like, I got told combat logistics was being a grunt and intel at the same time. And this other guy was like, yeah, man, me too. And I was like, ah, <laughs> shit. Pull the wool over everything. Yeah, right? It's like, dang, dude, these recruiters are cutthroat, man. That's ridiculous. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, ammo school is really easy. I, I had this, uh, my instructor, Gunnar Sergeant Gutierrez, he, <laughs> he was hilarious. Like, you know, suave, sophisticated individual. He drove a Jaguar, always dressed like super nice. Dude hated me because I was always a smartass and he would always call me a smartass and shit. And he's like thinking like, really, this PFC is like being a smartass to you? But it's like, he was cool like that, you know, it was, it was all right. And then, uh, yeah, finally made it to old IMF at Camp Pendleton. And, and my whole story from my fleet began there, I guess. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> good stories, though. Good stories. You were telling us some of the uh, the foo bars earlier. In, yeah. Know, yeah some it. good stories. Some bad stories, I guess. <laughs> like, definitely definitely had its ups and downs. It's like a roller coaster. But, so was was your decision to get out of the Marine Corps, I take it, kind of fueled by that? Did you, did uh, you when you joined, you were like, hey, I probably want to do something for college. But now that you're, you know, in there seeing what the Marine Corps is like, it's probably like, uh, I don't want to. It was a lot of things. I, I feel like one of the main factors was, like, some of the leadership I had. And, like, me personally, like, how I was, like, especially when I got promoted when I was a corporal. Like, I I, I like to, uh, like, like relate to people. Like, I don't, it's not all work, you know. It's, like, Marine 24-7, like yeah. they say. It's, like, you got to, like, if something's affecting somebody at work, especially, like, in the military, you got to know, like, what's affecting them so they can be, like, good. I right. had this one guy. I'm not going to say his name, but, like... Well, there's, there's a lot of people. Like, I would totally say their names. They, if they're listening to this, like, just know I hate you. Uh, <laughs> but, we should um, start that. We should, instead of, like, shout-outs, hey, how you doing? Like, How's it been? It's been a while. Have a fuck you shout-out. Yeah, right. Like, hey, you made my life fucking miserable in the service. I like that. <laughs> but, um, so the one guy, though, he was a staff sergeant. And, like, I understand where he was coming from. He's like, okay, I'm a staff sergeant. It's like, it's like work, work, work. That's, like, what I got to worry about, you know? And so it's, like, he didn't, really like, relate to people, like, when I had, like, shit going on, like, in my personal life. Like, all my friends, like, all the other corporals and, like, lance corporals, they got it, and they would, like, talk to me. And I was, like, all right, all right, I'm good. But it's, like, he was, like, one of those people that just, like, egg you on and shit, I guess, and be, like, oh, fuck you, like, stop being a little bitch. Like, uh I'm, like, all right, I don't need this in my life right now. And there was this other guy, he was, he was an officer, and the funny thing is, like, he looked like a really angry Jim Carrey, just, like, all the time, just, meh. <laughs> and all the chicks in my unit thought he was super hot and I didn't understand like where they were coming from like this guy looks like Jim Carrey if he was left out in the sun for too long <laughs> and was sold at Walmart <laughs> but no like definitely like the the few sour apples of leadership I had definitely like made not not just mine too but like a lot of people's decision to get out because they're like they don't need this like if I got to deal with like this a little bit of the time like all the positive that like other people can like reinforce kind of like goes by the wayside because they can like fuck your day up like super hard i guess yeah which is kind of like maybe i should have been more resilient but i'm happier now than i was before so i i think i made the right decision to get out there you go cheers now one thing that that we haven't talked about is is time frame when when was it that you enlisted and got out so um i i was in (laughs) i swore into the marine corps April 1st, 2015, I swear to God, and it was <laughs> the guy who swore me in. I was the only guy at my MEPS, too. And the guy that swore what? me in, yeah, only guy there. Wow. It was April Fool's Day, so it's like, it makes sense. I swore in on April Fool's I swear to God. <laughs> I was the only guy there, and the guy that swore me in was this officer in the Coast Guard. So, like, that was just, like, a premonition of, like, what my entire (laughs) enlistment was going to be like, I guess. But, no, the guy was cool. Like, all the people were cool. Except for the guy that, like, watched me take a piss in that cup at MEPS. That guy was really weird, and he, like, enjoyed it too much, I think. Was he trying to hold it for you? He wouldn't let me wash my hands afterwards, which just freaked me out. I'm like, hey, sir, I've still got a piss. 
He's like, just keep peeing in the bottle. And I was like, all right. <laughs> it's going to overflow. It's sir. overflowing, <laughs> sir. Sir, <laughs> sir, I'm getting piss all over my hand. He's like, just keep going. What? He's like, all right. <laughs> it's a little too full. He's like, all right, pour it out a little bit. It's like, all right, put the cap on. Can I wash my hands? Nah. <laughs> all right. No way. I swear, I swear to God, you know. But again, that's Cleveland, Ohio for you. But uh, yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know. So I, I swore in April Fool's Day. I left for boot camp June 22nd, 2015. I got out. I took terminal. I got out May 22nd, 2019. Gosh, and so you're all fresh. Recently. You're yeah. fresh. Fresh. Fresh out. Fresh meat. I can smell the boot on right? <laughs> Blood in the water. <laughs> and, you know, just the whole time I was in, it's like just one day after another. Like, it felt like I was in a movie. Like, some of the, some of the favorite memories, like, I have in my life, though, was, like, right after I got promoted, I was in charge of, like, one of the busiest sections at the ASP that I worked at, Ammo Supply Point. For you people that don't know, like, acronyms, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But me and my buddies, Troy and Oliver... We were like a goon squad. They gave us like these golf carts and we got to like drive around to like get tasks done and shit. And when all the tasks were done, we would have like these staple guns and we would like roll up on like the Lance Corporals and below. And we would just pepper them with freaking staple guns like all the time. There was this one kid. <laughs> I remember this one guy. It was funny. Like we rolled up on him. I was driving and he was like, oh, good afternoon, gentlemen. And I was like, what set you repping, homie? <laughs> and he was so confused. Like, what? And we all just took these staple guns out and started shooting them. And it's not like crazy ass staple. It's like yeah. a staple gun. You can pull them out like, of your yeah. eye still. And we're just shooting them. He's like, ah, ah, oh, my God. And it's just hilarious. Like, he <laughs> fell over and stuff. It was, oh, man, you know, great times, you know. I wouldn't, wouldn't trade it. Don't have any regrets, but I'm glad I'm moving on to something else, you know. I think, I think everybody is. Everybody that gets out and whether they had a good time or a bad time, if they know and they recognize that it's their time to move on, they look right. forward to it. Yeah, you know, it's like you got to just kind of like – they say there's like greener pastures to be had. Yeah. But it's like if the Marine Corps is your green pasture like, and you like it, like keep doing it. Like I mean, by all means, like if I was happy, I would so do it because it was – like being an ammo tech is easy. Like working at an ASP at least is super easy. It's like you just show up half the time. It's like gym class. Just got to like do paperwork, count stuff. But the but the staple gun drive bys weren't enough. See, they took her. They took not only our golf carts away at one point, and it wasn't even because of us. This one That's girl who took my stapler. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, it's they're when they took the stapler that you had. Yeah, right. It's like they took the staple guns away eventually too, but they took the golf carts away, and it wasn't because of me and my friends. Like we drove responsibly, except for when we sure. peppered up like yeah. sparkles and stuff. But <laughs> this one girl, and she worked in the records office. She had no reason being down in the ASP at all. Like the ASP, it's like a giant hole. In the ground, you have these freaking golf carts because it's freaking humongous to drive around. Sounds like you missed an opportunity, right? <laughs> and <laughs> there were two paths. There was a path like you walk down, like the footpath, which is a little tiny sidewalk, and then a giant path for like trucks and whatnot. Like you're staging ammo down our pre-stage lots and stuff. Ammo coming in to get reinspected. And this chick took the golf cart down the footpath and like just banged the wheel far to the right and rolled it over. Oh shit! This chick's getting a hundred percent disability. God, because damn she damn. did that, and I was like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" Like, what the fuck? It's like I should have tried to kill myself, like yeah. on a golf cart. <laughs> Holy shit! But uh, yeah, you know, so it's like stuff like that that like just like, God damn it, you know, like, fuck. I like those golf carts, <laughs> right? So when when you got out, May this year, that's May like, this year, yeah, yeah, man, it's still crazy to me that it's like kind of fresh. It's not too often that we come about somebody that's, you know. Fresh, fresh I know, right? I look like I'm 40. Like, you probably thought I was retired or something. At first. Yeah, no, you, you definitely got a good civilian look. You definitely mixed in. You don't, you don't, you don't have the, the boot, you know, still in. You know, wearing backpacks everywhere. Yeah, still, yeah, yeah. Fresh shaven. 
But I wouldn't say 40. I would say you look like... 30s? No, Late 20s. Okay, so that makes me happy. Because when I was in high school, I had this British literature teacher, Miss Garitano. I love that chick, but I, I was 16. She's my 11th grade freaking English teacher. She's, she's in her 40s. And I was telling her how my other teacher was like, you look like you're like 24, because I had a shaved head when I played rugby, and I had a beard for a while. And she was like, 20s? You look like you're 48. Oh, Jesus. So I told her, I was like, well, you're 47. What are you trying to say? Because, <laughs> oh. I mean, she was, she was old, but like she was, she was still she was like, hot. really hot. Like, <laughs> yes, really, yes, really hot. Yes. Like, it was weird. I was like, holy crap. Like, Sounds like you missed another So did she take the bait? Or <laughs> she kind of laughed. She was like, ha, ha, you're funny. And then just laughed. You know, I was like, god damn it. I wish I wasn't such a loser. Like, Aww. oh, well. Only I was cool enough to bang my high school teachers while I was still in high school. Like, where was all that happening when I was in high school? Because they weren't in Lakewood, Ohio, right? Right. And why are they snitching on them? Yeah, right? Like, come on. Like, pass their photos around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be that guy, you know? I don't know. Um, so when you when you got out, were you ready to get out? Were you like, all right, cool, I kind of have a plan, or, hey, I think I want to do this? What was that, that start of that transition like? And did um, TAPS help you? Yeah, good one. Yes. Wait, did, did what? Oh, did like TAPS TRS? Help you? The yeah. transition. Oh, absolutely. Actually, I loved okay. my uh, TRS, like transition readiness services. So I like when I went to that, right? Like right before I got out, like I went out, went to that like maybe six months before. So it gave me like enough time to be able to like file for like disability, get my resumes done and stuff. But um, yeah. So I had a resume and I like had a job at the comedy club I work at while I was still in, and I was only working there like part time, like on the weekends when I had time. But, like, that was able to, like, get me a foot in, like, the door for employment after I got out. Because when I got out, I would still work there. And my resume was, like, super tailored to being, like, a security guard and, like, host and barback and mm-hmm. other places. So just finding a job was, like, super easy. That's why I got another job at CoinOp now, which is also a super awesome bar. And you guys should totally go there if you're listening to this. Yeah. Uh, but, um, shout out to CoinOp Gaslamp and downtown San Diego. Yeah, right? Come check out the crackheads at 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's one in La Mesa, too, right? Crackhead or no? <laughs> yeah, there's they're everywhere. There's one in San Fran. There's one in Sacramento. There's one in North Park. and one in Gaslamp. There's I think they're in La Mesa too. Yeah, is there? I, I don't get up to La Mesa yeah. that much, but yeah, there's they're like everywhere. But uh, to answer your question, um, I feel like I thought I was like pretty ready to get out because I'm just like yeah, fuck this shit, fuck the Marine Corps, I fucking hate everybody, like mm-hmm. doing whatever I want because it's like I barely showed up to work anymore. I was like I got shit to do, like uh, and then when I got out. Right before I got out, I got a ticket on base. I wasn't even driving a car. I was in the back seat. I didn't have a seatbelt <laughs> on when I was coming through the gate. So they gave me a ticket suspending my driving privileges for 30 days on base. Wow. So I couldn't move <laughs> to my new house. <laughs> so that went on for like a day and a half until I was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to drive anyway. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And I was like, all right, this is stupid. So. I was staying at my buddy's house for a while because he was getting out around the same time I was. He let me sleep on his couch, like, oh, still on base. So then finally I moved out to Fallbrook with my other friend who let me sleep on his couch again for a while until I finally got to move into the new place I moved into in Spring Valley, like, a couple weeks later. So honestly, just having, like, really good friends to, like, help me out with, like, shit along the way definitely helped because oh. if I was just like, all right, you drop me off at the gate, figure the fuck out, I would have been fucked i would have like probably driven back to ohio at that point but um yeah i mean like having the job like part-time definitely helped a little bit a little bit of extra money i took terminal too so i had like three extra paychecks that i got that definitely helped me out with that and then having filed for like disability and whatnot i was able to like kind of get like extra money and stuff through that so 
I, I just made sure I did everything I could to like ensure my success like outside of that. And definitely the resume like writing guy, Mr. Mackey, he was dope. He was an asshole, but he was super dope. And I have a really awesome resume now that like I can get hired anywhere, I feel like, with that thing. I, I want to focus right. in on that because not too many people um, – Excuse me. Speak well of, of TRS or tap classes. So can you really? focus in? Yeah, yeah. Weird. Really? Okay. So maybe they're just unhappy people. But like, I mean, it, <laughs> it was boring as hell. Like, definitely. Like, it sucked being there. I was like, fuck this shit. So I, I had to go with my buddy Ponce, and he he it was um getting like separated because he it is a really long story involving like um manslaughter. Oh, damn. <laughs> But Next like he's Fubar. yeah <laughs> yeah he's good he's one of my best friends like I had to speak for him at his NJP and stuff really good dude really like the kid um but he was at like TRS with me and like part of it for me like why I feel like I enjoyed it so much because like this, this kid he was like 20 years old he's a Lance Corporal I'm like okay I can't like have a shitty mood being here because like this is like what's gonna help him especially like be a civilian because he's not gonna be as hooked up as I am he's getting like an OTH discharge like it's gonna he's gotta like try harder to like get shit you know so. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I mean, I, I tried to, like, engage with him a lot and be like, hey, what'd you learn and shit? And, like, we would talk about it a lot, so maybe I didn't like it that much, and I just, like, forced myself to pretend I liked it just for this kid that I was at TRS with, but, like, no shit, though, like, honestly, like, so the first, like, half of the class is stupid as hell, and I don't think, like, you really need to be there, but there's, like, some really important stuff, like, the GI Bill stuff that they talk about is really important when they were talking about the Marine to Guard program for the National Guard, since I, like, did that and joined the National Guard for that reason. Like, all the stuff you can do, like, afterwards is, like, super dope. Like, it's just really good information. Like, you don't need all of it, you know? Like, you could, like, not pay attention to most of it, but then they're like, hey, we're going to talk about, like, uh, filing for disabilities. Like, oh, I want to do that because my shoulder hurts right now. Let me focus on that so I can do that. So it's like you got to kind of, like, pick and choose, like, what you what you want to get out of it because it's, like, it's a class. Like, what you get out of it is what you get out of it, you know? It's like half the people, like, oh, I just need to go here so I can get out. And I feel like those are the people that are like, okay, I'm going to do that, get out, go back to my mom's house, and become a manager at Pizza Hut. It's what you make of it. It's the attitude that you go into it. So if anything, thank you for saying, hey, I have a different experience. Yeah, I had a good experience with it. I I personally, like, I feel the same way about it. Like, you ever seen Yelp reviews and people, like, talk shit about restaurants? Oh, yeah. I told people this when I was still into it. I was like, find your own reason to hate something. Because if you hate something because of the reason somebody else hates it, like, do you really hate it? Like, you're just, like, fucking not even thinking for yourself at that point. Like, all these fucking boots that would come to Ammo Company, been there for, like, a month. It's like, shut the fuck up. Are you serious? Like, you haven't even been here for that one time. Our first sergeant got us lost in the woods. We were supposed to go on a six-mile hike. It turned into a 12-mile hike, and I haven't eaten in six hours. Like, fuck you, dude. It's like, you have no reason to, like, not like this shit right now. Like, you haven't been here long enough. All this other shit. Find your own reasons to like or dislike something. Just like Yelp reviews, it's like don't judge your experience on a restaurant or a club or something based on one shitty asshole had a bad time, probably got kicked out because they're an asshole. Maybe that happens at restaurants. I don't know. I kick people out at comedy clubs sometimes, but. Sometimes they deserve to be. You know, sometimes. It's like, okay, if the food was legitimately terrible and it's a health concern, like don't eat there, yeah, let people know. But if it's like, oh, it's a good restaurant, uh, the server is just having a bad day, it's like, just go there and figure out why you don't like it. Form your own reasons to, like, stay in or get out of the military. Because, like, everybody just wants to, like, fit in, I guess. And it's like the general consensus is, oh, fuck the Marine Corps or fuck the Army eventually, you know. But it's like, not really. Like, the Marine Corps was fine. I just hated some of the people I was in with because I thought they were assholes and, like, mm-hmm. shitty people. And 
use their fucking personal lives to like make other people's lives shitty. That's what I think. Absolutely. Is it true? Maybe, maybe not. I think it's totally true because I've seen it every day of my life. But that's why I got out, you know, because I formed my own opinions as to why I wanted to get out. And those are my opinions and my opinions alone. And nobody else can like, unless the same shit happened to other people, then yeah, you know, but it's, it's what you make of it. If you had yeah. a bad time, you had a bad time. Fucking move on, dude. It's like you're fucking you're probably 22 like I am. Fucking got the rest of your life ahead of you, you know. There's no point in being like fucking butthurt about shit forever, you know. And before before we move on to the next subject, um, you you mentioned that the resume workshop that they had worked. Oh a lot, fuck worked yeah, very well okay. For you, and that you have a very highly targeted resume, which is something that I think is is worth noting. Okay, so this dude. Okay, I'm gonna describe it. So he kind of looks like Maynard James Keenan in the 90s. He's a lead singer of Tool, bald head. Okay. He has these like refractive glasses on all the time yellow tints dude's crazy the dude is crazy like there's no other way to describe it i had an appointment with this guy at like a certain time right and it's like the marine corps like all right be there early so he said i had another person so i just kind of knocked him so i was like hey i'm here early blah blah blah. just letting you know he's like all right cool be done with this guy right on time for your thing i was like all right cool so then it's like two o'clock rolls around this is when my appointment was so i waited a little bit i was like all right he's still with this guy i'm not gonna be rude like i get it so it's been like 15 minutes. I was like, all right, I want to know if I can get this resume thing done. So I knocked on his door again, and I was like, hey, uh, are we going to work on this resume? He's like, do you want to wait for me, or do you want, do you not want to wait? I was like, I'll, I'll wait. It's fine. He's like, all right, because blah, blah, blah. He's like mad at me for asking him, like, hey, are we going to do this? And I was like, okay, this guy's kind of a freak. But then finally got done with the guy. He's like, oh, no, sorry. He's like, get super into this resume stuff. I was like, yeah, I can tell, dude. Like, holy shit. But um, basically, like, at, at TRS, like, you have to make a resume. Mm -hmm. Like, that's one of the things you got to do. And I don't know why people wouldn't want to do this at all, because resumes are awesome, and they help you get jobs, and being employed is sweet, because you get money. <laughs> like, I'm at the point now, I'm like, I don't know how people are unemployed, because I've, I have such an easy time getting jobs. Like, it blows my mind. But that's neither here nor there. So basically, like, what I had was a master – or no, not a master resume. I think it was a master resume. So it just, like, listed all the – all the shit that I had done, like jobs I had like in high school to like the job I had like when I was about to get out and then all the shit I did in the Marine Corps. And he basically took all that and he was like, okay, you can do like all these other kinds of resumes. So now I have like an executive resume targeted towards like security shit since I'm like a security manager at a comedy club now. Basically like he helped me tailor my resume towards that. So it's like all the shit I did like when I was a sentry at a freaking ASP all this shit, like every every little thing, like all my little certs, like anything, like you can use that pretty much. Right. And the other reason why I really liked making the resume is because it helped me get out of work when I was about to get out <laughs> when they wanted me to work. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not doing it. I got shit to do. So, yeah, I mean, re the resume building thing is honestly awesome. I think everybody should do it and should have a resume. Like, I honestly need to update mine because I haven't in a while just because I haven't needed to. But... It's super dope. Like, resumes help you get jobs. Like, mm -hmm. you're not trying to go to college and use your GI Bill because, like, you could use that. You get a job. You could work, like, full or part-time, like, do whatever, like, cash in on disability, shit like that. It's all about, like, looking out for you for being successful yourself, you know? Because if you don't look out for yourself, nobody else is, like, at the end of the day going to, like, make sure you're good and alive and eating food at the end of the day, you know? So, oh, yeah. yeah. Very true. Cheers to that. Yes. Yeah. So, I like that. Taking care of you at the end of the day. Yeah, because you could have, like, and again, like, I, I have really I good. I my beer. Right? I could have, you could have really good friends, you know, and they'll, like, look out for you to an extent, but, like, you got to be able to be good 
yourself because then you can look out for your friends too because if you can't look out for yourself you can't look out for other people you know that's right so going from going from when you eas you said you were kind of crouched cat couch crashing with a few friends oh yeah how to go from there to what you do now doing comedy being <laughs> a reservist because because you're still pretty active it sounds like doesn't sound like you're struggling in your transition or at least you have a direction you're going to so first of all props to you for for moving um so is that how did you get from there to now i just do a really good job of not letting it show honestly on the inside i'm like holy crap i hate my life no nah, i mean not really i don't know i'm just super dramatic uh yeah so First, it was my buddy Levi, and he, he, was, he was married, like, I, and my buddy Levi, right, I've been everywhere with this dude. It was, like, him and my buddy Wheeler that I went to boot camp with, but Levi I met at the schoolhouse and at MCT, everywhere together. So, he's, like, one of my best friends ever. Like, we go to music festivals and stuff. So, he's like, yeah, man, I got you. Let me sleep on his couch. Cool. Finally got out of there. And then I was with my buddy Vargas, who, same thing, pretty much. But uh, the, the way I found the place I'm staying at now is uh, Craigslist. <laughs> Because I was Risky. like, I need to, because I was in Fallbrook, right. you know, and it's like, my buddy, he would have let me stay with him for like as long as I needed to, you know, but I was like, okay, I don't want to be here for too long, you know, it's like, this is house, he's banging chicks every day, like, I want to be like, <laughs> oh, hey, guys, just me on the couch again, like, yeah. me, just cracking open a beer, Do you have a, a friend? Fan. Yeah, right, it's like, hey, where's your friends at? It's like, <laughs> I don't want to be a burden on people, you know, so I'm like, I'm trying to get out of there, you know, so, um. You know, I did everything I could. Like, I hit up people like, hey, you know, people like with like apartments that don't cost $5,000 because it's San Diego. And I found on Craigslist, and it's another guy who's also a veteran, this dude, Dan, super cool, except his dogs have fleas. And I responded to his <laughs> Craigslist ad because it was a whole room, $750 a month, just on a month to month. So I was like, this is fucking perfect. I make way more than that. So this is great. So I went over there, checked it out, you know, and I was like, all right, cool, yeah, you can move in on the first. So then as soon as I could, I moved over there. And yeah, and then as soon as I moved there, I got like all situated and stuff, and I was just working at the comedy club for a while, waiting for college to start. So I just kind of had like a lot of free time, pretty much. And that's the worst part. Well, for me, at least. I don't like not having shit to do, because I go nuts. Like, if I have like too much time with my psychotic free thoughts, I'm just like, holy shit. So eventually, I just like tried to find more shit to do. Like fucking comedy was like one of them. I started doing comedy actually uh, when when I was still in. I had, I had this buddy, this dude Chappie, and Chappie's dope. I fucking love Chappie. He got out too, and he he was one of those people you think this guy's staying in for twenty fucking years. <laughs> He's like fuck that shit. I'm out. I'm doing whatever the fuck I want. And I was like hell yeah, Chappie, because he was just like the most wholesome, best person ever. You know, He's always making people happy. Like nobody had a problem with him. Great dude, and he got out. And just out of nowhere, like, right before I went to ITX for the second time, after I almost got, like, NJP'd for some dumb shit, he sent me this long, long paragraph text. He's like, ah, it's not to you. Like, you're awesome. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, people look up to you. Uh, blah, blah, blah. You should get into comedy. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, I mean, you make everybody laugh at work all the time. I was like, you think I'm funny? And he was like, yeah. So one day, and it was November, I want to say 14th, last year i had all my friends that were willing to come down to freaking san diego with me on a fucking wednesday we went to the comedy store and i tried to get on the mic at the comedy store and i didn't get on and then half of them were like fuck this shit we're going home because we got to work tomorrow but then a bunch of my other friends are like nah man you want to do this like let's go to the other place they have the mic like latest shit you'll get on so we went to madhouse and we sat in this room for 
two hours until like one in the morning until I got oh, a shit. fucking three minute spot telling jokes in front of my three friends and like two random people in this crackhead <laughs> that they let sit in there all fucking night. <laughs> Mr. York, I swear to God, I don't like going there very much for numerous reasons nowadays, but that was the first mic I ever did and I fucking loved it. And I was like, this is like such a good way to like relieve stress because I get to talk shit about people and not have anything bad happen to me. So yeah, that was like what got me into comedy, I guess. I you like know? it. Heck yeah. And now you're doing that, um, you, you want to do that more regularly, but you just pick up open mics when you can? or Yeah, so where I work at the American Comedy Company, they do the open mic on Tuesdays. So I get a guaranteed spot over there because I work over there. And it works in line with like the break I get because I work at CoinOp that day. So I take my break, I go over there, do my set, and then cool. Pretty much done with it. I, I don't really go out of my way because it's like I'm doing a bunch of other stuff now. It's like mm-hmm. between work and school and like... I don't know, just, like, other stuff I'm trying to, like, do, like, make music, I guess. You like, uh, you re- mentioned National Guard earlier. Yeah, so that – all the National Guard does is just fuck my weekend up once a month. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I'm going to go to this music festival this weekend. Oh, no, man, you got drills. It's like, oh, shit, I'm not going to go to Escape now. But it's cool because, like, I still do it anyway. It's easy. It's, like, get points for retirement. It's like, whatever. I, I made the choice to do it. I might as well mm-hmm. do it, you know. I can't bitch too hard, you know, but – yeah, you know, it's like all this shit. So now it's like my life's finally starting. It's the the first like month after you get out is terrible because you're probably waiting for school to start. You probably don't have a job yet if you haven't been looking for one or if you didn't get a job before you got out. And you just you got a lot of free time on your hands and just you go stir crazy for a while. So eventually like life starts picking up and then you're like, "All right. Good." Oh yeah. One one thing I want to take a moment to to pause and highlight because it's something that I kind of I've noticed from the conversation so far. Um, you seem very positive. You seem very up uh, up upbeat. Upbeat. Uh, upbeat. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> you you seem like that kind of guy that like would be in a firefight or fucking shit's hitting the fan. You you'd still crack a fucking joke because yeah. I get it, man. No, <laughs> all the time it's... I get in trouble so much for <laughs> telling jokes at the wrong time. Like I'm sorry, if I'm a comedian. My whole life's a joke. But it's that thing. It's having that, that positive mental attitude to say, hey, either I can do more, or if I'm bored and I have free time on my hands, I know I can yeah. do more. Or, hey, if it's a shitty day and I can make a joke, I know I can do more to make that happen. So just quick shout-out, man. It seems like you're a very positive person, and if there's shit to do, you're doing it. So thank you for being a functional yeah. veteran in the community. I, I attest it to, like, I, I don't want to say, like, my life was shitty growing up, but, like, I feel like there was a lot of minor inconvenience. Like, I, I have a joke about this, about... <laughs> it's, it's about like being biracial and it's like oh man being biracial is like you get treated like you're black only sometimes but, <laughs> but it's like yeah i mean it's like if, if enough shitty shit happens to you like and it's like my house got robbed when i was a kid like my phone got stolen like last weekend it's like my mom almost died when i was a kid you know it's like enough like little tiny shit it's like okay at the end of the day it's like okay life's gonna move on and i gotta keep doing this shit because if i don't like i have all these friends that like give so much of a shit about me even when like I don't give a shit about myself you know it's like I'm not doing it for me I'm doing it for right. like, everybody else you know like it. cheers to that man like cheers. I, cheers I, I have this I have this one friend Michaela and if she's listening to this like I fucking love you bitch but uh no it's like I have like called this woman like fucking crying and shit talking about like I fucking hate my life like my life sucks and she's like oh man me too like just remember people give a shit about you so yeah. fucking keep going on so that's really what it is. It's like, I don't give a shit about myself. I give a shit about my friends, you know? 
yeah. <laughs> Wise words, man. I love and it. You you mentioned were you kind of like saying it sarcastically or was like you're actually pursuing music also on top of things? A little bit. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So my buddy got into um, DJing a little bit, and I like really like electric music. So I'm like a little bit here and there. There's nothing really anybody knows about because I kind of keep it to myself, I guess. But maybe one day you'll see me at EDC. Who knows? Hell yeah. No, dude. We Let's actually try had it, a, man. We had a musician on uh, our last episode. Uh, Aaron, what's his name? <laughs> Aaron Marklin. We've had two musicians on. Yeah, uh, Sergio. Sergio was the yeah. other one. Correct. Yes, yes. Um, no, we would love to have you back on and present something of, of what you're developing or if you think you can have a cool jingle for us to use for one of our seasons. Yeah. Uh, as like an intro outro for the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I played instruments like my whole life. I played the trombone for like nine years, electric guitar, bass guitar. It's just everything's electronic now, you know? So. Yeah, that's where we're going. So speaking of electronic and where we're going, uh, Santi, I want people to know about you and to go to your open mic when you have another one so you're not just you know telling jokes to a crackhead <laughs> and a few friends. Crackheads and a few friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tuesday nights at the American Comedy Company on F and 6th. Um, it's the best comedy club in San Diego, hands down. Madhouse sucks. I don't know. I don't work there. Madhouse is fun, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, no, it's awesome. We have happy hour, $5 wells, $5 beers. It's, it's a good time. If you want to hear me tell really offensive jokes, that'll make you not feel good about yourself. Or maybe they will make you feel good about yourself because you're a psychopath like I am. So It's it's you putting the mirror on. It's letting people yeah, see right? themselves. If the joke is good enough to where they're like, fuck, that is me. It's like, hey, you were thinking it. I just said it, all yeah. right? And, uh, right? and then if people can find you on uh, social media or if you have a website for people to book you. Yeah, so um, my Instagram is at Santistopheles, like Mephistopheles, but Santi and then Stopheles with a PH. <laughs> It's kind of hard to spell. Like it's, I have, you I don't know to, who would know you might that. Have to spell that out. Yeah, right. S a n t i s t o p h e l e s. That's my Instagram. I just kind of like post dumb shit on there all the time. But you can hit me up on there. Uh, yeah. Right on. Just, just trying to live, guys. All right. No, hey, that's what everybody's trying to do, um, oh, folks. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to reiterate off the episode. Santi gave some really good points for anybody in their transition right now. Have a network of friends, even if it's somewhere that Absolutely. you can crowd couch crash for for a week or two and then another friend whatever you need to do so you're not just on the street you know like a dumb fuck saying uh i don't want to ask friends for help. are important yeah ask, use your network ask your friends for for friends resources family are super important uh and then the last one if you're about to go into trs or tap transition classes whatever because they change the name of them every now and then have a fucking positive attitude there take, is take it somewhat seriously from like what you actually want because if you go in there like i don't want anything from this it's like, really, dude? Like, you don't want a resume? All right. You don't even know what they're going to – they just so offer so much information. You, yeah, you know? just have an open ear. Don't don't be that douchebag. Take exactly. take some of the stuff in. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. All right. Folks. Jake, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. I'm so Thank you so much for having me, guys. It was yeah, awesome. Being on behalf of Triple B Adventures, get this the fuck outside. Juan Ortiz, Nate Trimmer, and Santi. We'll see you on the next see one. See you guys next time. Cheers. Cheers. Thank mm-hmm. you.
again.